Welcome to the Die Hard Minute Podcast, a presentation by Movies by Minutes where we break down the 1988 John McTiernan movie Die Hard one minute at a time. I'm Jeff Ferry from the Jane Silent Bob Minute. And I'm Chris Derkach from the Jane Silent Bob Minute. And I'm Travis Bowe from the Watchmen Minute and Real Comic Heroes. And today we are covering Minute 108 of Die Hard, quite possibly the greatest INS Minute ever. <laughs> Alright, so we've got uh, the end of uh, John McClane's I don't know, suicide letter that he's putting out here? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's really uh, pouring his heart out there. So uh, this movie begins with McLean still on the radio, like I said, given his suicide note, and ends with William Atherton threatening, deport- threatening deportation. Don't worry, we'll get there. We'll get to that uh, that marvelous actor. <laughs> you know, one of the best of all time. Oh, yes. Yeah, so we've had, uh, this whole week, we've, we've had the John McLean uh, story, the one-man show, him talking into the radio. It's been it's been a blast, Chris. <laughs> I'm kind of glad it's coming to an end here. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a lot of John McClane talking into a radio and hairy chests. That's yeah. what we've had a lot. Yeah, of. I was going to say the real star of this minute is that that gorgeous rug that he's wearing <laughs> on his chest. The mane of hair he's got going on. Yeah, <laughs> he's got. Yeah, he's he's a real man. Yeah, but he's <laughs> even got hair. There's hair halfway up his neck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think we may have brought this up in one of the previous minutes, but we'll ask you, Travis, since you're here. If they made this movie today, when he, he say they had this exact scene, is he uh, completely uh, shave-chested? Is he waxed? Oh, yeah. He'd be completely bald-headed, you know, current Bruce Willis with, yeah, yeah, probably a shave chest. That, and I'm feeling like right before the scene, he would do about, like, 50 crunches. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To be like, no, I, I got to look as swole up as I can. He wouldn't drink. Yep. He would have no water for like 18 hours prior to this. He's going to untie yeah, the rubber bands from his arms. <laughs> <laughs> He's like the ultimate warrior. Like the ultimate warrior, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish he talked to Gruber like he was ultimate warrior. <laughs> Ooh, Hans, I, you know what? I can't do ultimate warrior. No, I'm just a macho man. I, I was thinking, trying to think of an ultimate warrior, and I couldn't pull one off. I, I gave up. That's because he always had really <laughs> terrible promos. That's why. <laughs> Yeah, okay, we'll do it like Macho Man. Oh, Hans Gruber. <laughs> <laughs> I just like that Al is doing, like, the best of his cop voice, you know? just I mean, just him saying, like, you just hang in there, partner. You know, you watch your, you know, I don't, I don't think I can. Beep, and you'll make it yeah. out of there. It's just, uh, it's almost cliche level, like, dialogue. I don't know. But it fits the movie, and it fits the. Tone of moments they're trying to to capture. So that's what I'm saying. The only reason why this minute works is because of uh, not so much uh, Bruce Willis, but more of Reginald Bell Johnson. Oh, he's great. As I say in my notes, very technical terms here. He's really bringing it. (laughs) (laughs) He could be if he is twenty percent less good in this scene. This scene's terrible. (laughs) But he is wearing how like. He feels, you can tell he feels helpless, yeah. but he's also trying to stay on the line for McLean to keep him, you know, trying to, because in the last minute, he was really trying to be like, you know, he says in this minute too, like, no, you'll get out of there, you'll be fine. But you can tell part of him doesn't completely believe that. Like, there's a yeah. very high likelihood that McLean doesn't get out of this building. Well, that is tough to be outside the building. You really can't do much of anything, and you've got to pump this guy up. You've got to urge him to go on, you know, when all all McLean really wants to do is kind of give up, but uh, so yeah, it's it's impressive that uh, Al is able to just keep him basically. I also, Chris, I don't know if you remember. Is this the first time he gives up his name? Because before he was using a pseudonym. Oh, yeah. yeah, I think it is. He was specifically not telling people what his name right. was. 
And then he says, tell her oh, John yeah. said he was sorry. Yeah, I believe it is. Because hmm. he was Roy earlier. He was Roy Rogers. Right. Hmm. You know, cause that way he could say, yippee ki yay. <laughs> uh, see, I got you. I didn't know. No bleeps needed. Caught myself. <laughs> uh, thankfully, our two and a half minutes of McLean starting to go off the rails is worth it. One, because it is it is actually a good scene. And B, it actually does lead to somewhere. <laughs> Well, the first thing that leads up, he, it's one of those, he gets one of those, uh, well, yeah. I guess that's up to the man upstairs, and then he starts thinking about upstairs. Which is a, it's a bit of odd dialogue, I think, because I don't see McLean being the type that would often, you know, bring up the man upstairs. Like, it, it does, I don't know. It feels like it only, that, that tiny little bit of dialogue only fits for this minute for, to, to urge him then to think about, Literally upstairs in the roof. For the punchline. Yeah, it really... Yeah. I, well, it feels like they had a, uh, a connective tissue yeah, problem. Like, they couldn't yeah, get... Right. Wait a minute, how are we getting out of this scene? How's he putting the pieces yeah. together? This is the type of thing that only works in the screenwriter's yeah. room, I feel like. I'm like, we well, gotta tie these together. Well, he can say the man upstairs, and that's how he connects the dot. And they're like, oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. We're, we're gonna go with that. Don't worry. You know, Bruce can yeah, sell yeah. it. I think had... Al, hey John, it's all up to the man upstairs. You know, to John to think on man upstairs. Yeah, I think I think I like that better. They should have fired the bum that was on this and hired you instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't need John. We got the movie by minutes cr- crew here. <laughs> We're gonna rewrite it. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna rewrite it thirty years later. <laughs> so, yeah, so it he is just now thinking about what Hans was doing upstairs. I mean, granted, I guess he was a little busy trying not to get his face shot off or his feet cut to pieces. Yeah. And there's blood all over that wall behind him, too. <laughs> like, it looks like he was rolling around on that wall with, his, with blood. I, it's almost more striking <laughs> because, like, this was the 80s where, you know, you had your, your Stallones and your Schwarzeneggers where, like, those guys didn't get hurt. Or if they did, Wait, like, they, they, get would, shot, get, didn't even they would get shot and it'd be, like, a blood stain. Not, like, constant blood yeah. coming out. Like, a blood stain. And be like, I, yeah. uh, no, it's just an arm. I'll be all right. Because, <laughs> unlike in real life, people get shot in the arm, like, all the time in movies. And then they're just fine. Meanwhile, most of the people that get shot in the arm, they're like, yeah, is he going to be fine? No, he will bleed out in, like, less than ten minutes. <laughs> and he's laying on the ground screaming. He's not trying to fight anybody. Yes, he's not. <laughs> he, my, uh, it happens in a lot of movies where, like, they'll then get in a fight with their shot arm. I know it happens in, yeah. it happens in Raiders of the Lost Ark, where he gets, he gets shot in the arm from point-blank range, and the only time it hurts is when the guy punches him in it. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Wait a minute. I feel like getting shot from three feet away would really be the issue here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so then uh Bruce Willis is gonna go check on some. Thank goodness. He's yeah. gonna solve the problem. <laughs> he's done with his suicide note, he's gonna <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's <laughs> and like I said, it only it only is an issue because of breaking it down minute by minute. When this comes up in the movie, so much action has happened leading up to it. You've had the explosion, right. you've had the gunfights, and you've had the the feet, which is just horrifically visual and visceral yeah. to see. And this is your moment to like for the audience to sit back and be like, "Oh, all right, <laughs> let's let's get our minute to collect our breaths here." And it's honestly only three minutes long. It's just because we're watching a minute, it, and minute it's not even seems. three minutes. It, it probably doesn't even clock in at a full three minutes. Right. All right. So that's pretty much all I have for like the first half of the minute. The the McLean Al Pal section. Does anybody have anything else to add about that half of the minute? No, I'm good. Not without cursing. Oh, it's real nice. <laughs> Can't even believe anybody you on here. You're your potty mouth. <laughs> We're from Jane's on the Bob Minute. It's a very clean, it's a very it's clean tough. podcast. Very PG. You know, <laughs> you don't need to curse when you're Bring doing the family. The uh, yeah. So the second half of this minute, things start getting weird. 
<laughs> so uh, William Atherton, who you may know as the bad guy in Ghostbusters or Peck, I call him the the best civic vil- villain on film. Yeah, he's which is funny because in Die Hard two, I think I almost like him better in Die Hard two. He's just as he's not quite as over mm. the top in that one, but he's just as much of a creep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now hold on, I just great. You just, I just blanked on his name in this. I have it written down. <laughs> Richard Thornburg. That's what it is. Thank you. So glad I found that. I wrote it down and then I couldn't find it. <laughs> I got too many notes. Yeah, so he goes to, uh, he's, he has found his way to the McLean's house, or, uh, you know, specifically Holly's house. And, you know, as Holly is a, a businesswoman in the 80s, she, of course, has a uh, Latino maid, a Latina maid, like you do. <laughs> so, uh, as he yeah. is a white, awful man, he's gonna, you know, he's gonna push the cameras back, just like a, a swell guy. And then threatens us with deportation. <laughs> and, and finish it off with a comprende. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just in case you didn't think he was enough of a jerk. <laughs> right. <laughs> he threatens her with the INS, which would, today would be basically right. saying iced somebody. Yeah. And then says comprende. <laughs> Listen. Yeah. You're speaking to somebody who speaks another language, which you don't speak. Right. And then you throw in a word from their language that means, do you understand? Yeah. You're just being awful. Right. <laughs> You spoke and, the whole sentence in English, and then comprende. And then comprende. <laughs> yeah. She should have just slammed the door in his face and been right. like, yeah, her husband's a cop. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's the 80s, dude. I'm totally safe. There's no walls. <laughs> There's no nothing. I'm fine. <laughs> I mean, how how will a, a Latino person ever blend into the, uh, you know, the Los Angeles landscape? <laughs> it's not like they live in Iowa. <laughs> right. Yeah, she's going to get away. Oh my god! I mean, we don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't think we get far enough into it. But he makes. You know how a movie has like a first, second, third act, and certain things make the acts go from place to place to place. Like when, um, yeah, like an inciting happen. incident. Yeah, and then, yeah. Well, there's almost like a second inciting incident of like this moron is setting up what's going to make your last act turn when Hans figures out who McLean's going to be. Now, spoiler alert. Yeah, but it's this dumb act that this guy's making. Which, up till this point, you're almost wondering why you're following him. Mm, right. Because he's yeah. on the outside of the action. He's not really, he's not interacting with our characters enough to really justify him being in this movie. And then this happened. And this is just the first part of it. And you'll find out later what results from this action. But this sure. is a very small action, which leads to a slightly larger action, like being on TV. And then a bad guy putting it all together. Uh-huh. This could have all been Thornburg's fault. <laughs> like, <laughs> everyone could have died. Because of him. Yeah. And spoiler alert for Die Hard 2, which may or may not ever get done, he does the same thing in that one. <laughs> he <laughs> learns get literally nothing. Yeah. Which is... It didn't comprehend yeah, which, which I assume is pretty much what happened in Ghostbusters. I'm guessing that guy didn't learn anything. <laughs> I would say the only difference between this guy and the guy in Ghostbusters is um, the guy in Ghostbusters is at least half right. Right, yeah, yeah. We just did that movie on Real Comic Heroes and... Uh, yeah, he's not wrong. Like, these guys are operating with all this dangerous equipment, you know, in the middle of the city with no, like, you know, regulations, right, sure. no, right. you know, no real, like, yeah, knowledge of points. what they're, yeah. what the, th- what if the building loses power, yeah. you know? And we're not saying the guy, so. even because he has two meetings, that you really, he has two scenes. He shows up, scene where he shuts it down. And the, even the first scene, he's being an a-hole because he's, yeah. he refers to, Dr. Venkman as Mr. Venkman over and over again. Yeah. And you know he's doing it just to needle him. And But even then, you're like, all right, he's being a jerk, but he's a bureaucrat, but he's right. But when he comes back the second time, he's just like, shut it off. Okay, well, that, now you're... 
man, you're just being an incompetent yeah. boob. It's just like, here, you're not really wrong. I guess you're not wrong to try to track down people's family, because that's what the media does, but um, maybe you should be getting... It's yeah, probably not exactly great right, but they do do an it. actual hostage situation yeah. to put somebody's loved ones on there. Right, to right. show up at the door with cameras rolling. Yeah, that's a... And then, in case that's, that's not, cool. not uncool enough, it's probably not great to, uh, you know, threaten the person with getting kicked out of the country who's just trying to watch somebody's <laughs> yeah. kids. It would have been a much... Like, the scene is... The best would have been if she's not illegal. If she was just like, yeah, I've lived here 20 right. years and I'm a citizen. Door slam. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I mean, just... <laughs> well, unfortunately, he's probably right. And, you and know? he probably is right, but just to make that assumption says something about him. He's like, oh, well, I mean, she works for right. them and he's Hispanic, so obviously I'm, I'm connecting these dots. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just because he ends up being right doesn't mean that he's right. <laughs> yeah, he's not going about it the right way. Yeah. Yeah, the real the real kicker is definitely rewatching. I just rewatched the last five seconds. The real kicker is the Comprende at the end. Yeah, it really sounds nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, and it's, I mean, William Atherton just oozes weasel. I mean, mm-hmm. every every turn. I'm actually surprised he wasn't the bad guy in more movies. I mean, he ended up in a. He's pretty good. He at was it. in a handful of them, and you know, obviously the two big ones we've mentioned, but Biodome, of course. That's- Hey, but he's not even the bad guy in that. He's just like the obstacle. He's just like the, he's yeah. like the head scientist, right? Or the head person in charge. Yeah, but towards the towards the end, he kind of becomes the bad guy. He's fighting against Paul. He's locked Shore. in he there is the with the good him. guy in my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you don't like the unique weasel? <laughs> yeah. Kicked right off this podcast, my friend. <laughs> All right, I think uh, I think we've covered everything that uh, we've gone from John McClane's suicide note to. Uh, Paulie Shore. And uh, every place in between. <laughs> Once we hit Paulie Shore, that's when you get my suicide yeah. note. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What else is there left First, to, uh, to talk about? Else, yeah. No, we're good. All right. Travis, do you have anything else to add, or do you just want to tell people where they can find you? Uh, you can find me at Real Comic Heroes and at Watchmen Minute. Pretty easy to find both of those. All right. You can catch us over at uh, Jane Silent Bob Minute on uh, Facebook and Twitter. We're over at DuelingGenre.com. It's our home away from home. You can catch our old minute podcast, The Burbs Minute. I mean, it's just like Die Hard, except there's no guns and it takes place in a neighborhood. <laughs> Other than that, they're almost the same movie. It's all in the same um, spot. One of, yeah. Um, at this point of Die Hard, you've already listened to, like, I don't know, pretty much everybody at least once. But uh, hopefully you're following us on Twitter by now, Die Hard Minute. Uh, go over to the Facebook listeners group, uh, Die Hard with a podcast listeners limo. Go in there and chat it out whatever craziness has happened this week. You can... Uh, chime in on what you think of William Atherton or whether or not uh, John McClane is crafting a suicide note. Uh, go over to the big site, DieHardMinute.com, and of course make sure you swing by MoviesByMinutes.com to find all of these, and Jane Silent Bob and The Burbs and Watchmen and probably 75 other ones, and of course uh, start with the granddad of all the Star Wars. Nice. Uh, I think that's it for us. Uh, Yippee-ki-yay, Melon Farmers. Tell me you got that. I got it, I got it. Welcome to the Die Hard Minute Podcast, a presentation by Movies by Minutes, where we break down the 1988 John McTiernan movie Die Hard, one minute at a time. I'm Jeff Ferry. And I'm Chris Derkutch. And today and we're covering Minute... Whoa! I oh, forgot sorry. to say how we were going to do the beginning, didn't I? Yeah. That's alright, because we Chris it up too. Chris, we're supposed to say where we're from. <laughs> Oh, yeah, well, we forgot that we a couple forget times it. We forget so. it all the time. Every, every other <laughs> says where they're from, and we just blow right past it. 
<laughs> All right, you're uh, right. We're doing it Travis's way anyway. Let's try that again. No, no. Before, <laughs> shut up. Yeah, after Chris says his, you just do yours, Travis, and then we'll keep okay. going. Otherwise, I'll do, yeah, I'll just run the show. Are you going to say where you're from? Yes, I'll say so I'm I'll, Jeff Ferry okay. from Jane Time Bob Minute, Chris, Jane cool. Time Bob Minute, and then you can say yours and Real Comic Heroes, and we'll be cool. Good. Now you got something to put at the end, Chris. <laughs>